In this episode of Novel Predictions, Kales and Allison have a problem with lip descriptors. Maybe, maybe I don't just don't jive with Rainbow Rowell's lip descriptors. Little, little lips. Hi guys, welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales and I reread Fangirl this month. And I'm Allison, and I read it for the first time. I am really excited to talk about this. I am excited to hear that you liked it, question mark? Yes, I liked it. Yay! Yay. Um, No, that's awesome. That's exciting. Um, So this is Novel Predictions, for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, which I gotta be honest, I don't know why you're joining us on a prediction, on a review episode, but okay. Um, We're happy (laughs) to have you. you. Yeah, exactly. We're happy to have you. Um... This is a podcast where two best friends, Kales and Allison, tell each other that they need to read a book that one of them has not read, and the one who has not read it has to make predictions on what they think is going to happen. And then we do a review episode, which is this episode, and we review how wrong the other person was or how right they were and make fun of the book, talk about how much we like it, how much we hated it. Um, It's a really great little mini book club we've got going here, so if you could... uh, read the books with us or follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We'd love it if you could rate us on iTunes on that purple icon and give us a review. That'd be really great. For those of you that are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your constant reviews and for being so awesome in this community. We're so grateful for you guys. And uh, we love that so many of you are reading along now too. Yes, so fun. It's really cool to get to share predictions with you guys and talk to you about what you think and just uh, have you guys laugh along with us. And so this month, I made Allison read Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. And Allison is not a big contemporary fan. No, not typically. No, not typically. She's got some rare ones um, that she likes, but I have uh, recently made her read some terrible ones, aka John Green. (laughs) And but this one I made her read, and I wanted to hear what she thought about like the fantasy side of it, fangirlness. I thought it was interesting because it's a little bit of an older YA because they're in college, and all of that along with it. So, that being said, what did you think? Yeah, so I um I ended up rating it four stars. I think it's like a mid like a it's it's a true four or like maybe a three point seven five for me. Um. I liked the characters, but I definitely had some issues with some of the ways they interacted and like some of the relationships, which we can get into. But yeah. um, but I think overall, the story was great and the like family relationships were great. Um, I was mad at who I was supposed to be mad at and in love with who I was supposed to be in love with. And that's the goal, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and I loved the fan fiction. I'm glad that I was wrong on my prediction that she would step away from the fan fiction. Yeah. Because I think that it, it I was, I was happy that the character stayed really true to herself and that made me really excited. And I did end up really liking the little s- snippets of the fiction we get throughout like through every chapter um and when she's reading the fan fiction to levi so i definitely will be reading carry on yay and waywards yeah and wayward son comes out in october of this year right so 
eventually when you get to carry on, um, I'm excited to read Wayward Son when that gets here. Um, it's going to be really, really great. And if anybody's in the Denver metro area, Rainbow Rowell is actually coming to Denver, which is really exciting. Um, and so she's going to be at Cherry Creek High School October 3rd is when uh, Tattercover is going to be hosting her. So uh, plug for at that. the high school? Yeah. That's... We, needed a, we needed a bigger venue. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I just don't think I've ever been to an author event held at a high school. Yeah, I think this is our third one because we've done Littleton High School and we did Cherry Creek High School for Marcus Zuzak last year. So now we're doing Rainbow Rowell, which is cool. Sweet. Um, yeah, it should be super fun, really exciting. And I'm excited that I got to reread Fangirl um, because it's so interesting. We pick a lot of books that we read in our childhood, mm-hmm. which has been happening recently just in our picks. But this time I picked a book that I read in college and or like yeah college right out of high school and I found myself liking it more now that I'm out of college like in hindsight um, I also have some problems with the relationships and I do definitely want to talk about that and how they treated each other yeah because I think some of just the things about it are a little outdated um, even already which is amazing to me this book is only like six years old and I found myself actually also giving it four stars when I had previously given it three because and one of the things I think helped was that I loved the audiobook yes I sped read this like I didn't want to listen to anything else I don't know what it was but it was like the perfect you know when you eat like the perfect food and like it's like just what you want right in that moment that's what this felt like for me I don't know what it was but it was so helpful pulling me out of my slump and It was just the nice little morsel of a book that I needed at that time. And it just hit a lot of, uh, checked a lot of boxes for me, I guess. I think I felt the same way about the audiobook, especially where I was like hesitant to stop. Um, Yeah. And we discussed before, like we had a lot of trouble stopping at chapter seven for the predictions episode. Even I think the writing is just really yummy. Yes. And like, the way like the way she's writing and it's interesting to me because I feel like Kath writes the same way in her fan fiction like there's not a huge differentiation of voice there um but I think but so that's really interesting to me and I think that just the way it was described it's it was smooth it went down really easily and it was fun so it did it was it was super fun and it was just all consuming I think I read I think I read it in like three days which you know that's just a hunk of a book mm-hmm. and I just I it was all I wanted to listen to I've put a pause on all my podcasts and my fourth go around of the adventure zone you know so <laughs> it, it just it became you know what I wanted to listen to and I think that that's why I had to bump it up a star because for some reason right now in my life in this moment that's what I wanted and that satisfied me so well and um it was I like that you use the word yummy uh because it was it was like when I was finished I was like oh I'm satisfied and good you know yeah like it had a visceral quality to it of like this I, I am satisfied literally satisfied by this book yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. let I want to talk a little bit about why don't we um, dive into why was it not five stars or why are you hesitant that it's even a f- complete four star? So I was very confident that it was going to be a solid four star book, maybe even like a 4.5 up until the very end, because I feel like the end is super 
random and abrupt. Like, not what happened, but what didn't happen. It just kind of ends all of a Mm -hmm. sudden. And I was like, oh, uh, I mean, okay. Like, I guess I can stop reading about these people now because there's nothing else to read about these people. So that was it. Yeah. So that was kind of disappointing for me, um, finishing it and being like, oh, well, I would have read, like, more or had a more, like, poignant conclusion. So I think that's what kind of detracted a little bit for me in terms of why it's not a five star um there's a couple reasons I think the relationship between Kath and Levi annoyed me a little bit yeah me too I think Levi annoys me (laughs) he didn't annoy me so much as like so the first right so they don't they're kind of like dancing around each other whatever she reads him the Outsiders, which is a great scene. And I love that they spend like hours reading this book and like all the while just getting a little bit closer to each other and a little bit closer to each other. I think that's really great. And then they end up kissing that night and then it kind of blows up and, you know, because Reagan walks in and then nobody knows who's in a relationship with who. Right. Um, But then when they actually decide to get together I understand that she doesn't trust him because he, like, kissed some girl the day after he kissed her. And, like, rightfully, she shouldn't be mad at him. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I do kind of feel like the conversation where she decided to forgive him was a little bit um, too easy on him. Yeah, I can totally see that. But I digress. Then she proceeded for months to have, like, no physical relationship with him. And it felt completely ridiculous to me. It did, too, um, to me. And as somebody who's not a very physical person in general, yeah, um, that's not my love language. It's something that is not my common go-to, um, which is actually ironic because I've had a lot of people say in my life, like, wow, you hug everybody. I'm like, yeah, that's because my family. family are huggers. And, like, that was how I was taught to do it. But if I had a choice, no, which is why <laughs> I love now that, like, when I hug people, usually, especially people I don't know, I will ask, can I hug you? And it's something that, like, is really helpful for me. And so, like, this is, again, my point of saying all that shit was, like, I am not a very physical person. However, this took it, like, to another step that it was, like, almost unbelievable. Right. And I don't – I don't want to say that because I don't want to, like, discount anybody's experiences. But as a reader, it was really dissatisfying. I know we've talked about how satisfying this book was, but – I just, there was a whole section in there where, like, they just wouldn't even kiss. And I was like, They didn't even hug. They did not even hug. Because she she said, like, the only thing we ever do is hold hands sometimes. Yeah. And and she she makes a point of talking about how she, like, sits in a different place than him. They don't sit together or, you know, and it was very, like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Like, do do you want to be with this person or not? Exactly. And they were that they like were so close when they weren't in a relationship. And it's like the minute that she put that label on it or they put that label on it, things shifted for her. And I I don't know why. It was just really frustrating. And I was like, Kath, what are you doing? And I I don't know. I just feel like that the label should have freed her, but it seemed to have trapped her in a weird way. Yeah. And I do understand her internal dialogue was I like him so much and I'm so attracted to him that if I touch him, I don't think I'll stop until we're like having sex. But that uh, really, 
I, I don't I think... I mean, you got, I, you got to believe in your own self-control. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, and, I, again, I get it because, like, as someone who firmly believed, I'm not shitting you, that there was, like, if you made out with a boy, you were going to have sex to him. There was, like, nothing in between, right? There was no... I didn't know what the bases were for a long time. I didn't know... You know what I mean? Like, it just... It always was, like, a jump from one thing to the next but there's so many other things in the middle so i maybe in her ignorance that's where she was thinking but she's writing love scenes between I people know. like she, it's not like she doesn't understand sex or she doesn't understand the ways people can have sex without having sex yeah but i just also thought it was interesting that maybe it was a commentary that she wasn't comfortable with her own body because also she's writing male male scenes maybe so it, it could be a commentary that like she doesn't know what to do with herself and it's her femininity that is um more of the problem than like what to do with his body more of what to do with hers i also totally get that she has this weird block because she knows that he's slept with reagan right oh that makes so much sense yeah to me so like reagan's her roommate she knows reagan she knows that they've slept together in the past like that I can see that being a huge mental block but at the same time I feel like she would have gradually gotten over it more instead of this like weird we're not touching we're not touching we're not touching and then all of a sudden this one night I'm like we decide I give in to kissing you and then I'm like really weird about it yep it was such a weird kissing scene well and the fact that they like never moved to the bed like I'm I I don't know. Maybe it's also because I'm like a super tall person, but like couches are not that comfortable to make out on. They're not. And yeah. I don't. But maybe, I, I mean, they did go to like they slept in the bed, though. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of fades out. Right. So like maybe they did. I don't know. I don't really care that much. Honestly, I, I, I'm it, just glad that they finally fucking got there. That's how I feel as I'm just like, yeah. well, thank God. Like, come on now. Um. Yeah, so that was strange for me, that, like, the relationship progression, because it seemed very natural up until that point, and then it was weird for a it felt long very time, disjointed, for, like, a yeah. third of the book. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think I have a hard time, and I, I had a hard time with this, too, was, you know, I understand that sometimes, like, a lot of tragedies happen in people's lives, and I get that, and, you know how Kath is as a human, like, needing to drop everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the amount of times that Levi did it before they were even – I don't know. It was hard for me because I was, like, I technically know he's not doing this to get into her pants, and he, like, really does like her, and I remembered this part. But when we were doing it, like, how many times he drived her back and forth with home, and, you know, when they, like, weren't officially dating, I don't know. It felt – not. I don't know. I don't know. That felt weird to me a little bit of like how and maybe it's because she didn't have anybody else. So it was like always him all the time. And I just was like, man, he's there for every fucking crisis. And um, yeah, I mean, definitely he was kind of like this weird Batman. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's like he like was weirdly superhero for her. And like that doesn't I don't find that attractive. But, you know, she I think she needed it. And I think she needed a bump in her confidence. And I think that, you know, Kath's journey on her own and being able to like say no to Nick like that scene in the hallway I remember yeah. originally thinking that it was like really timid and really stupid for a climax but this time and again maybe it was the audiobook but like listening to Kath say to him no I'm not gonna do this it's 
I'm, you're not getting credit and I'm not getting credit. Like, fuck off. And while it wasn't so much of a fuck off, it was enough of a fuck off for her. Like she was, it was a good step for her to take ownership, but I liked it in the audiobook a lot more than I did when I read it a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, I also think it's interesting because she was being supported on all sides mm-hmm. in, in that encounter, which was kind of nice. It wasn't just Levi. It was her sister. It was Levi. It was Reagan. Like everyone in her life that's been important to her this past year was there to see like her stand up to this fucking guy. Um, but speaking, yeah, what a douchebag. Yeah. But speaking of the writing, it was so jarring to me at the end when all of a sudden she wrote her story. Yes, I have the same problem. I was like, okay, we've been given all of this juicy shit and no offense, as a writer, you cranked out 10,000 fucking words in two weeks and I, I can say, I can crank out 10,000 words in a day, Right. but they're shitty ass words. You're telling me that thing was publishable in the newsletter, winning awards? Bullshit. When she's never written anything but fan fiction? Bullshit. Shit. Bullshit. 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 Yeah. And like the fact that all of a sudden she's like really into like she starts typing it and she gets really into it when she's literally up until that point. been like, I'm not doing it. There's been no wishy washy like, oh, maybe I should do it. Like none of that. It's been I'm not fucking doing it. And then she lays in Levi's bed and all of a sudden writes it. It was very weird to me. I was like, okay, I thought I was like kind of not rooting for her not to do it because I felt like it was a growth point for her to realize that she can write something that is, you know, her own world. But it didn't feel, it felt rushed, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. It felt like that that Rainbow Rowell was on a deadline. It was like, fuck, I have to figure out how to finish this. Yeah. Because honestly, it that- felt a little fan fiction-y in that, like, I just could keep reading about these characters. And th- not that there wasn't a complete story. There obviously was. It was, a you know, Kath's first year in college and her right. journey. And that it was a slice of life of that formative year for her. But at the same time, like, I would have totally read another 100 pages of her struggling with that story. Like, I could have done it, but uh, it wasn't there. It didn't exist. And I don't know why. Yeah, it, it did. The whole end, the whole, I don't know, last 50 pages felt like, oh, we got to wrap shit up. Yeah. And like and not, I... not it. So that's, that's definitely why it's not five stars for me. I think that if the conclusion had been fully fleshed out, it probably would have been a five star book for me. It's, it's a really great story. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, I liked the characters more this time. I still think Raven's a bit of a dick and she like needs some own formative shit in her life um i also think it's so weird that as soon as kath and levi got together we like never heard about her relationship with reagan ever again nope like she seemingly still had one but we weren't other than they had the rules like other than when they had the rules they like established the ground rules yeah but then they were like oh but we should room together again and you're like wait i thought like are you friends like what's going on yeah i really thought that she and ren were gonna room together and I'm, like, proud that they're not. Yeah, I but... think it's good that they're not. Right. But it was kind of nice how their relationship came back full circle. And it was nice how the dad, like, stepped up and dad became a dad. And, like, how they, you know, handled that side of the conflict in the story. But, yeah, Regan was kind of absent. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Because I feel like she was really important. 
at the beginning, but really it seems like she was just a device to get Levi and Calf together. And then once they were, she was no longer important enough to warrant page time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I would have liked to see more conversations about Kath's mental health and Reagan's mental health rather than I feel like that all they talked about for an extended period of time was just Levi and Reagan and Levi's history and Levi's high school years and right how Reagan cheated on him and yet how they're still best friends and I'm yeah I want to change the subject though in a hot second go for it well I want to talk about Levi's not reading thing yeah because I when I was reading it I was like does he have dyslexia and then I was like no he's just a severe like auditory learner and I was like I don't know. I just had never heard about that. And I was curious if you had ever encountered something like that before. Because to me, it just seems a little odd. Because they clearly don't say he has dyslexia. It doesn't ever actually fucking come up. I don't know. So I wonder. I don't know if he does. I don't know. I just. I don't think he has dyslexia. It seemed to me more like he had a pretty specific uh, manifestation of like ADHD. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. Because that would be it. I just get. I just like try try to read a page and I can't focus and like I'll mm-hmm. read the same paragraph 10 times and not know what it's saying. So yeah. that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, it just seemed like in a lot of this that like the mental health never had diagnoses or right. labels cuz even the dad's like you picked up on the dad being bipolar before they ever ever even mentioned that word. Yeah. And I just find it interesting, and they don't talk about the fact that Kath has social anxiety, but they talk about a lot of her symptoms with that, and and they talk about her versus Ren when their mom died, and, like, how she, like, wouldn't go into the classroom or, like, couldn't, you know, pee her pants because she was so nervous to ask to go to the bathroom or something, and and then now here again with Levi's probably ADHD, they don't, they just talk about the symptoms. They don't talk about the label of, or the official diagnosis which is interesting now that i'm saying all that out loud well it is interesting because i feel like they discuss like neurodiversity and mental illness a lot in this but like you said nobody i feel like part of the journey of you know self-discovery and finding your truest and best self would probably be finding a good therapist and yeah you know like and like her dad should probably find a good therapist and Rin obviously needs a good therapist <laughs> and Kath probably well, Ren- needs a good therapist. Like, I don't know. Well, but Ren's the only one. So they, they mentioned therapy for the twins. They went together. Remember yeah, they talked they, about that. Yeah. And they were forced to go. Mm-hmm. But now, and then Ren is also forced to seek a counselor, right? Or oh, AA. That, that is true. Yeah. Does she go to a counselor or is it AA meetings? I think it's or both. both. Okay. She is forced to go to the counselor afterwards, but I think it's silly to me that Ren is the only one who's told to do that yeah. because she fucked up the most severely. And I get, I totally get that. Like she, that 100% should be a part of her recovery process, but you're right. Right. It's all like reactionary. They all need to go. Instead yeah. of preventative. Mm-hmm. Like let's make ourselves feel better is not an option, but if we spiral out of control and need to be hospitalized, both in her dad's case and in Rin's case, yeah. Then we'll address it. Well, like, also, why didn't the dad start going back to therapy after he was hospitalized? Right. That's what you I'm know? saying. Like, like, they just were like, we're going to go on a run every day. And don't get me wrong. Th- there is scientific help that, you know, running and exercise and endorphins of that level is very helpful with many a mental illness. But I don't want to discredit that. I'm just saying 
it seemed weird to me that that was like the only avenue that they were going in. And I also think that like it would have been really interesting to have Kath talk to a therapist over this course of this story. Yeah. Like that would have been an interesting scene or seven, you know, I would have read about that. Well, and I feel like people acted as a therapist for her. Um, yeah. You, you know, like Reagan kind of, but they weren't therapists, so they didn't no. like their advice always wasn't sound good well and sometimes they were still really mean to her right like i don't know that that the therapists aren't necessarily mean they tell you hard truths but i still feel like that levi and reagan even ren were like mean to Kath on multiple occasions i also love that we never heard from what's his face again um abel oh yeah we were like fuck abel he's gone <laughs> fuck stable abel <laughs> um i want to ask about the mom yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think that the mom scenes and the thread with her were handled in a really realistic way. Um, I think that Kath and Ren having differing opinions about how much contact they should have with her and all these things were was really realistic. And even after the hospital scene... Um, Rin wanting to talk to her still which you know in my brain is like <laughs> I would be like okay fuck you yeah I feel I feel like I'm very akin to Kath in if somebody damaged me in that way and hurt me that much like I would not want to try to make that relationship work I wouldn't want to put my energy into it mm-hmm. so I'm I'm like kind of team Kath in this but I yeah. do but I do think that the way it was written with their dad's opinion and their opinions being totally different um but still allowing each other to do what they wanted to in their relationship like Rin's not at this point at the end pressuring Kath to have a relationship with her mom and Kath isn't you know berating Rin for trying to have a relationship I think that that's really healthy and realistic absolutely but that scene in the hospital with Kath and her mom when she's there and you know Kath like tries to give her like some openings to talk to her and then she's just like I'm just gonna leave yeah and Kath kind of flips out because I would too I would be like are you fucking kidding me right now your daughter is in the hospital in danger and you are gonna leave me here alone your other child I don't know. While my dad is on a plane and unreachable and I'm alone. Like, yeah. it, like at least, you know what I mean? Like, I could have given the mom some leeway if she waited until another person was with Kath. Right. Like, and then been like, okay, your boyfriend's here. or Okay, your dad's here. Or okay, your friend's here. Like, somebody is with you. But she left her alone. Yeah, it was like she was abandoning her all over again. Exactly. And that was... Oh. So it was really well written. Mm-hmm. And like Laura is this villain in my brain. Yeah. And like I understand that I, I see that she's human and she made human choices and human mistakes. But mm-hmm. it's still like, you know, the kind of person you don't want to associate with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oy. Well, is there anything else you want to say before we get to your predictions? No, I think we should get into the pr- predictions because I think I did really bad. I don't think you did. Uh, you, 
You did kind of yeah, bad. Yeah, you did kind of bad. It's okay. It's okay. You did kind of bad. Um, yeah. So here on Novel Predictions, we do a series of questions that uh, follow kind of a hero's journey, very um, plotted, typical storyline, and we ask these seven questions of the person who has not read the book. Mm-hmm. And then here we go over them to see how wrong she was. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, the first question is, does the main character fall in love? Allison said. Yeah, I think that pretty clearly she falls in love. I also think it's a love triangle between her and Levi and Nick. I don't know who I think she ends up with, though. Probably Levi. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely fucking lootly yeah and you got it right too you said levi you s- right uh-huh you did you said um that there was a bit of a love triangle with levi nick and kath which i think there was um in kath's head anyway yeah nick- i think kath felt a love triangle nick was never interested in her no he was interested only in her for the writing which right. is fine but i think since we were from kath's perspective that it makes sense and uh count the love triangle and that levi is the sleeper crush and she sees him in a whole new light and it ends up being him in the end. And I think that's also very true. Yeah, I feel like there's a turning point for sure where she's all of a sudden like, oh, he's cute and or really nice all the time. And I like that. Yeah, he's very smiley. Yeah. She's mentioned how many fucking times he smiles. It's like every page she's talking it, about how much I, he smiles. Yeah, like a fucking drinking game. I'd be wasted. I'd be Ren level wasted. If I had to drink every time I mentioned his smiles, because, like, fucking A. Yeah. I just pr- pictured him smiling. You don't need to keep telling me <laughs> that he's smiling. No, I'm serious. Like, the amount of times in which you've told me that this jackass is smiling, like, I, I get it. Cool. He smiles. So what? It's also Whatever. Really, really funny to me because she always describes his mouth as really small. So but, it just feels like this is little like dinky smile yeah, it's like is this going tiny around. weird smile because when I picture like guys who have gr- really good smiles and smile all the time, they have like pretty like big mouths, right? Like takes yeah. up a lot of their face, and the way it's just dissonant in my brain because I'm imagining this cute guy smiling really big. And then she's like, and his tiny doll lips. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Also, like, who wants to fucking cuss, ki- cuss? Who wants to fucking kiss doll lips? Yeah, I don't know. No, but really, like, what? I'm sorry. You, uh, no. The way they described lips in this book was weird all over. Because she also described Nick's lips. And she described his top one as, like, a smear of red. Gross. And, like, tiny. And I'm just like, what does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah, so I maybe maybe I don't just don't jive with Rainbow Rowell's lip descriptors. Little little lips. That's gonna set. That's some great audio quality. Fucking right there. Um. All right. Well, yeah. So basically, you got it right. Um. Nick is a dick. Yeah. I'm sad that he's a dick though. Like I wish he would have had a friend that was a writing partner that wasn't just Ren. Yeah. It sucks mm-hmm. that he sucks. Yeah, it does suck that he sucks. I hope in my brain she, like, finds other people, like, sophomore year. She finds other good writers that nice professor introduces her to. Yeah, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. What tropes do you think you'll see? Allison said. Um, definitely a love triangle. Um, the whole, like, twins 
going different ways, getting angry at each other and making up trope. The like nerd girl who's actually like very pretty trope. What did I say? Love triangle. You, yep. Love triangles. Twins going different ways, fighting and then coming back together. Mm-hmm. Um, nerd girl who's actually very pretty uh, going to a frat party and that causes the rift with her sister. A not late quite. stage coming of age story, which is not quite true. It's not a frat party, but the real one of the real big rifts between the two of them is the first time that she like emergency 911 calls her. Right. She's at the bar. Mm hmm. And uh, Ren's uh, boyfriend is there and Courtney is also kind of a dick. Courtney um, just sucks. Courtney does just suck. But we all know a Courtney. I know. Yeah, I know Courtney. Like, we know exactly who Rainbow Rowell's talking about, which is unfortunate, but I can probably think of, like, at least three off the top of my head. Um, yeah, no, you had some good ones there. I don't know about the nerd girl who's actually very pretty. They talked a lot about her hair, which I took offense to as someone who fucking wears my hair in a ponytail all the goddamn time unless I have it, like, super short. So, <laughs> whatever. But they talked a lot about her hair. And she does kind of go through that transformation, though, before she's going to the party to find out that Levi's kissing that other chick. Yeah, she, like, puts on eyeliner and yeah, lets her hair down. They have a big thing about having her let her hair down. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If it's in her way, she should be able to put it up. Fuck you guys for wanting her hair to be down. Yeah, I'm not bitter. I also think that she takes some agency there, though, and she's always, like, fucking putting it back up. She's not like, oh, yeah, now I wear my hair down. This is true. And I like that she keeps her glasses on. When Reagan's like, do you really need those? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> They're She's purple. Like, I want to see. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I think though, it's interesting that you mentioned, like, going to a frat party and that causes a rift with her and her sister. And it's like she goes to the frat party, not a frat party, but she goes to the party and it causes a rift between her and Levi. Yeah. Because I feel like it had to, she had to go to a party some point and it was going to be something that was bad because it's out of her comfort zone. Yeah. In that first, you know uh third or third or half of the book and yeah i suspected it was sister but no but i think it's a, it ended up being good in the story that it was levi you know yeah it I drew also, out their romance a little bit more just speaking of that party and the whole scene with him kissing that girl that really bugs me cuz i feel like he didn't he like apologized i guess but also like what was he doing like like i felt like he needed to give her more explanation for why he was kissing this girl when he's yeah. claiming that the kiss that they had mattered so much less than 12 hours ago. Yeah, I agree. Like, he didn't even, like, try and say, like, oh, I was trying to get you out of my head, or she came on to me, or um, any sort of anything. There was, like, no excuse for it, and it was just kind of like, oh, hold on, I don't understand. What, didn't you just kiss Kath? Oh, now we're kissing this other chick. And it, it did create the impression of, like, do you just go around kissing girls? Like, yeah. what's the deal with that? But the fact that he didn't, he did kind of get off scot-free from that without any real explanation, which was frustrating. Yeah, like, I'm fine with them reconciling. I just want it to be real. Like, I want it to be a discussion. Yeah. Because if it's not, then, I don't know, it doesn't feel like this relationship's going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I, I actually me. don't think it's going to. I actually, like, I firmly believe that, like, Ren and, oh, Hondra? I'm not. Hondro, thank you. I believe that, like, Ren and Hondro are going to last longer, in my opinion. Yeah, I also don't necessarily think this is a happily ever after. Um, no. I think the minute he graduates and goes to the farm yeah. and, like, 
goes does agriculture shit. Like this is totally her college boyfriend. Right, like, Levi and thing. Yeah, no. And that Mm-mm. doesn't mean they don't love each other. It just means that no, their lives are gonna go different ways. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I just like if I if like Rainbow Rowell, which you know at this point I wouldn't fucking put a pastor, wanted to write like an adult romance novel about Kath graduating and like moving on mm-hmm. in her life. That's a fan fiction I could write. She and Levi would break up, and this would be the next chapter of her life, I believe. Um, yeah. cool. What, tr- uh, is there a mentor? If so, how do they meet? And who? I said that all wrong, but Allison said. I think Reagan is her mentor. Yeah, what this did one, I say? you said Reagan was the mentor. Which is not completely true, but I think that it's, it's not more untrue, of the though. no, but it's the professor. Like if you're gonna pick one out of the lot. Oh, I guess. I, I think so. I think that the professor to me, she feels mentory. I also feel like she is also a dick. Yeah, she's kind of a. I was gonna say she's like judgy and mean. <laughs> yeah, and, and kind of that like um, academic snob kind of thing going yes. on. Yes, which I hate. Agreed. So, and the whole, like, I've written three books about this. You can do it. And just like, okay, what is you doing it have anything to do with me? And why are you saying that the time and effort she puts into fan fiction is not helpful? Fuck you. Yeah. Like, how do you think she honed her writing skill? How do you yeah. think she got as good as you think she is? Exactly. So, like, yeah. She created that voice asshole. from, yeah, she created that voice from somewhere. I'm not saying she's a good mentor, but I just think that she is. I, I, I wish, though, too, that she was a little bit, um, I kind of, I know that Kath was in a place of, like, not caring. Right. And Kath doesn't seem to be the kind of person that, I don't know, I'm trying to think about, like, you know, how she was just so willing to give up school for her dad and so willing to, you know, just fail these classes and the grades and stuff and I don't know if tough love is really, like, the way to go in her brain, but I kind of wish the professor just fucking failed her. I don't know. Yeah, She didn't because we needed to, she needed to learn, but still. Yeah, I wish that it had been different. Also, the idea that your professor would give you an entire extra semester to finish your final for the class last semester is absurd. That doesn't happen it's and impossible. it's not allowed. Yeah, no, I'm telling any of you high schoolers listening right now, which I don't think there are any, but I'm letting you know right now, <laughs> in college, that's not possible. Professors cannot fucking do that. They have provosts yep. and administrators for a goddamn reason to count and make those things accountable. Yeah, and yeah, the teacher says some line of like, it's my class. I can do ha- ha- whatever I want. And I'm like, that's not fucking true. You're wrong. Nope. You're lying. You are lying. So that was just a research flub or a purposeful flub because the Rainbow Row wanted it to go that way. But Because plot convenience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird for me. And I think it would have been maybe more realistic and better if the professor had said, you failed, but like take my class again or something you know like yeah i don't know to take it again or to take another class with that professor so she could have actually mentored her because or gotten a better fucking professor like i don't know it would have been really nice if like kath took another english class and one of these professors was like hey i heard you flubbed professor snot ass's class what happened here you're a really talented writer oh i love the head the whatever the 
Harry Snow. No, I love the Simon Snow series. <laughs> like, I'd love to read some of your fan fiction. Oh, could you try and do it this way? <sighs> yeah. Also, also, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was like, can we also talk about the fact that Simon Snow and Harry Potter exist in the same universe? Yes. Yes. Let's please talk about this real what quick. What the here. hell? I was so mad that no editor goddamn motherfucking caught this. I'm pissed. It doesn't work. No, it, this this book made perfect sense if Simon Snow is a stand-in for Harry Potter. I like that's perfect. But in one line, they ruined that by Levi saying like Harry Potter or Simon Snow. Yep. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like you're telling me that Jimothy Leslie wrote an entire series of books that's identical to Harry Potter after Harry Potter was released, and they're more popular. No. <laughs> Impossible. No. I don't I'm sorry. Some editor somewhere, some copy editor, some person, because I get it. Okay, Rainbow Rowell, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You're writing this big ass long book. There's a reason when you have traditional publishers that you have copy editors and world editors yeah. and, and editor you have editors. People read it. Lots of people read it. Your agent fucking reads it, okay? Which I have a whole issue with like agents thinking they're editors. But whatever. Agents think things sell. This this should have been caught yeah. by someone. It should have. It was because Simon Snow was clearly a replacement for Harry Potter in this universe. And the fact that they mention it. <laughs> it's okay that that the Outsiders exists in the same universe. Yeah, sure. That's fine. But Simon Snow and Harry Potter? No. Yeah. Doesn't work. No. And I'm fine with it being a substitute for Harry Potter and like just changed enough. That it's recognizable, but, like, clearly different, right? We're in, like, a slightly alternate universe. We're one dimension over. But. No. Yeah, like, I I could not. I just had to pretend that they didn't say that. Because I was, like. But they also could have been, like, they could have just been, like, like. Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow and Harry and, and Simon Snow or like yeah there's a lot of um, other examples they could have used yeah like Katniss Everdeen and Simon Snow or or <laughs> I don't I or or somebody from Sanderson or Pierce or Brown or Bilbo Baggins Bilbo Baggins like and really yeah. out of all of them ugh. yes I was gonna frustrated be, yeah that was stupid I was gonna talk about <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that she, like, never goes and makes friends with that girl who's obviously obsessed with Simon Snow and, like, sees her for a hot second because of her t-shirt. And it's like, hello, that's an Insta friend right there. Like, can we talk about that? You don't, like, no? Okay. All right. I disagree with you, I think. What? Yeah, because that girl's obsessed with Kath. Can you imagine, like, starting relationships with someone who your first introduction to them was, oh my gosh, Kale's. Oh, she doesn't know your name. She's like, I love the booktuber Kales. I watch all of her videos. I, like, breathe her. She is amazing and blah, 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 blah. And, like, has this weird hero worship complex for you. And then you were like, oh, let's be friends. I'm actually that person. Okay, that is weird. Right? Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. But I just don't know why there's not, like, a Simon Snow fan club on campus or something. Yeah, there definitely would be. I'm sorry, but, like, in a big-ass college like that, fucking Quidditch would be a thing. Yeah, they played Quidditch on the quad in my college. Me too! And I went to a tiny-ass little private school. Like, what? Why would there not be a Simon Snow fan club? Or or go on the Simon Snow forums and be like, hey, I'm going to University of Nebraska next year at Lincoln. Anybody else? Right. Just... I don't know. It's weird because I feel like she held herself away from the fandom because she was, like, 
so well known. Or the other thing was that the fandom was with her sister, you know? And That's then, true. Because, like, I thought about that, you know, I just now thought of it, of, like, how I recognized Harry Potter being a phenomenon, but I didn't find Harry Potter fandom until I went to college because it was so ingrained in my family. Like, we, it was me and my cousins and my parents and... Right, you didn't I had need enough to look of... outside your family for... Exactly. And so maybe she didn't need to... Because, you know, all those chapters with her and Ren writing it together, and it was, like, what brought them back together in the end, and I don't know. Maybe it was that perspective. Maybe. Yeah, because I dove into Harry Potter fandom in, like, middle school. Like, as soon as I had internet access, yeah, um, I was, like, on MuggleNet and all that shit. Like, the pretty OG Harry Potter fan sites. Um, I had no idea that shit existed until I was 19. I was on there all the time. I spent way too much time on there. Damn. But it was awesome. Yeah. And then, but I, cause I didn't have, like my parents had read my, well, my mom read the books. My brother read them, I think, but they weren't like fans in the same way. And my friends read them, but they weren't as obsessed as I was. I had definitely had a interesting attachment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> growing sure. up they were my like safety blankets they still are my safety blankets yeah, jim those... dale's voice can just like sing me to sleep any day he wants to yeah those in uh, pierce books yes totally fair um well let's get back to our questions okay, now yes, that sorry. we've just tangent ripped, let's ripped apart an entire line of the book one line <laughs> we've torn it to pieces uh who's going to die allison said god i hope nobody I'm going to say nobody dies in this fucking book and just, like, okay. pray that I'm right. If the dad dies, I'm going to fucking flip a table. You said nobody. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, you said no one's going to die. Ren almost dies. The dad has a meltdown. Yeah, but I think nobody dies. There's, like, medical emergencies that propel the plot. Yeah. nobody dies. Which is nice. Which is, yeah, good. I don't think that this book needed death. No, I really didn't want it to go that route. And I knew it didn't, but I knew medical emergencies happened. So, okay. Um, next question. Mm-hmm. What's what's the twist? Allison said. Yeah, that's what my hope is. Maybe that like her whole fucking world is turned upside down because there's not an ending to the story that she's devoted her life to. I was wrong. Yeah, you said the author was going to die and that there would be no eighth book. I still think that would have been cool. I also agree. <laughs> but I'm really happy that they got that moment with the eighth book. Yeah. It was short, though, and again, in that, like, little montage of an ending that we got. I also think it's bullshit that she would have not read the book and had taken her time with it so that she could read it out loud to Levi. Bullshit. She would have read it first and then read it with Levi. Exactly. She would have read it first all that night, finished it in 24 hours, like everyone did after Midnight Harry Potter releases, and then she would have read it to Levi and it would have been a sweet moment. Yes. She would not have risked spoiling herself i don't think so i don't think it's possible i stayed with a five in the morning reading that and then i fell back asleep woke up at eight and finished the rest of the book by noon it was great exactly that's what we did too and i had friends like we all went to the party the midnight release together and then we all came back to my house all read in silence all night went to sleep at like seven in the morning got back up at 11 and continued reading yep that sounds about right and i can't yeah i just can't imagine 
I think it's bullshit. Also, also, why didn't also Levi? Why didn't you just buy the goddamn that's audiobook? What I was gonna say at the Harry Potter midnight release parties, especially the later ones, they had the audiobooks ready. Exactly. Levi, just fucking buy that. Get yourself an old CD player and stick it in there and call it a day. Like you don't need her to read it to you. Also, that's really long. It's so outsiders long. took you forever. Yeah. No. It's gonna take a long time to read that book. Like you're reading those books to a kid. You spend months reading. Months. A book. It's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. It's cute or whatever. And I get the sentiment, but it's not real. As a fan. Not for a true fan. I do not think that that could be possible. Nope. Um, okay. Why is the story from the main character's perspective? Why are they important? And the other question we talked onto that was what did they learn? And Allison said. I think that scene is really telling of how she is feeling subconsciously and and we're gonna have to find some growth there towards self-acceptance and and love you got this one pretty much right on too of like her coming out of her shell and you know learning more about herself and becoming more confident and just like you did say though that she was gonna detach completely from the fandom because going along with your idea that Gemma T. Leslie was gonna die um so that part was wrong but the other lessons she learned were pretty much the point of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I was wrong on the f- detaching from the fandom. And I thought that she was going to stop writing the fic. I'm very glad that that didn't happen because I think it gave her character a lot of integrity. Um, yeah. And like the fact that she wasn't only her social anxiety. It's not the main reason she's doing everything in her life. Mm-hmm. She has these interests because they interest her, not because she just wants to be a hermit. So. Yeah. I, I appreciated that I was wrong in that prediction for sure. Well, and I also think that it was pretty cool how in the story, the fandom brought the sisters back together or like was some common ground that they could stand on again. Yeah. I'm glad that Rin stopped being a dick. Me too. Because she was being a huge dick. And then yep. like, you know, she got hospitalized and all this stuff. And I think it was good. They like took some time to reconnect them. Um, it didn't happen like the minute she was out of the hospital which but, is great yeah which is great but i am glad that she kind of realized that oh this is actually what's important to me and this person i've been hanging out with courtney sucks and my sister is important and my boyfriend is good and doesn't wouldn't care if i was like a nerdy fan fiction person so like nobody's holding me back from being who I actually am. Yeah. Which is really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, then we ask, are there any other thoughts and what other stories does this remind you of? Allison said, it, it doesn't really remind me of a lot. Um, it is kind of different, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, this is going to be weird, but it's kind of like pitch perfect. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I can see that. Just a little bit, like this person who's like kind of standoffish. The idea of social interaction and um, very into her thing. Yeah. Um, and like has to kind of like learn how to be a team player. Or like and jo- like join the conversation. In the world. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't have anything that this reminded you of. You were like, this is kind of unique. You, there were some con books that we threw out there, but there yeah. wasn't. There wasn't anything specific. So. It still doesn't really remind me of anything. Not me either. I think about it and I'm like, I don't know. I'm not saying that it's necessarily unique in that way. Right. I just, 
because it's not a unique story. I mean, it reminds me of 90s movies, but... That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, it could be... But without the, like, shitty, we have to change the person subplot. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it could have been, like, she's all that or whatever. Like, you know, all these things, but without the, like, we're going to change you and it's going to work. Yes. And then we'll revert yeah. back subplot. Which is nice, but it felt like a... It felt like a 21st century rom-com it did it was a rom-com and which i have found that the contemporaries i like are basically just rom-com movies do you know that that's a whole new like genre that publishing is taking of like calling contemporary romance books like rom-com books and it's the like one of their ways of getting out of like quote-unquote romance that they're like calling it rom-coms which i think is stupid but i get it because it's like people don't necessarily shame rom-com movies right not the same way anymore and there's some validity to those but i don't know it's just interesting to me i think for me contemporary like i enjoy contemporary if there is if it's light enough and there's humor and romance. Sometimes I struggle with contemporary because I believe that true contemporary should be like representative of the time period we're in. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that some people have better communication skills <laughs> than they do. And I don't know. Yeah. Like just I would appreciate a little bit more books about consent or I don't know. That's I don't know. I just sometimes I hate the stupidity of people in rom-coms. Yeah, sure. I just want smart people in rom-coms that like have more to do in their lives than just the romance or that have like depth and breadth and it's those ones that bother me you should read the penny read like he's just not that into you i hate that movie yeah that movie is terrible so um that is fangirl thank you guys so much for listening to um this podcast this review obviously we liked this book a lot we had some problems with it yeah we did however um So we were nice to each other, and Allison has forewarned me that the book we're reading for September might put us back in the torture zone. Yeah, I think we might be going back to Torture City. Oh, no. But I'm really excited. Oh, God. Do you want to guess? Well, yeah, we always do it. This is our our mini prediction in the review episode. (laughs) Okay, here are your clues. It was published in 2004. Fuck. It is adult- no uh, fantasy. No, uh. <laughs> you will literally never guess it because it is so incredibly mid list. Do other I, people know it? I don't think so. I have very few people that I follow on Goodreads have read this book. Oh, great. Okay, so we're gonna get nobody's gonna recognize it. We have no idea what's happening. Yep. Um, do I know the author? No, probably not. <laughs> It's the is it the first in a series? It is the first in a series. Um, it's like sci-fi and fantasy all wrapped into one. What the fuck? And romance. No. What is? <laughs> what is it? It's very Gail Carriger esque in its mixing of genres. I don't know. I give up. Okay, so it is called Tinker. By... Like Bell. No. As in oh. like building machinery. But, well, that is what Tinker Bell is. She's a tinkerer. I know, but, she, I, but you said like Bell, so she's not. It's not about fairies. Oh, okay. So Tinker, um, it's by Wynn Spencer. He and I'll let me just read you the blurb. No, I don't, because I don't like to know what it's about. But it's, but I, mm, I feel like okay, you're really gonna it. need it. <laughs> oh my god! What did okay. you just do? Okay, here's the blurb. 
for and for our listeners who haven't read this book, which is probably all of you, I really encourage you to read it with us because I think it's going to be effing hilarious. So here's the blurb. Inventor girl genius Tinker lives in a near future Pittsburgh. Which I'm now- sorry. Her fucking name is Tinker and she's an inventor? Yes. Oh, God, you've lost me. <laughs> which now exists mostly in the land of elves. Fuck what? She runs her salvage business, pays her taxes, and tries to keep the local uh, ambient level of magic down with gadgets of her own design. When a pack of wargs chase an elven noble into her scrapyard, life as she knows it takes a serious detour. Tinker finds herself taking on the elven court, the NSA, the elven interdimensional agency, technology smugglers, and a college-minded xenobiologist as she tries to stay focused on what's important her first date i'm sorry (laughs) what i am so fucking excited what what the literal fuck yep so that's what's this cover has a giant goddamn alien fish on it yes it does and it's the first in a series called elf home yes and it looks like this thing popped out of a paperback from the 80s, and it's 450 <laughs> goddamn pages? Yes, it is. Love you. We've been too nice. I had to do something drastic. I don't. I You have to close out this podcast because I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, my God. So join us next month when we read Tinker and Kales Might Die. How we'll did see. you even find this book? How does it... E- <laughs> oh my god, this is so high fantasy. Uh, yep. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't stop laughing. Um, we're gonna read Tinker. It's gonna be great. I gave this book four stars, so I loved it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna close out the podcast because Kales is having an aneurysm. So, <laughs> I'm Allison... Can't. And she's Kales. And keep making novel predictions. Bye. Oh, my God. Oh, you're fine.